Brought to you by Dubois Productions. Hello and welcome back to NO and JB Sports Pedigree. We're back to provide insight on a wide variety of sports topics from NFL football to NCAA hoops, Major League Baseball, college football, of course, the World Cup, and so much more. Our goal is to shed some light on some things that maybe you uh, weren't aware of and most importantly, we want to have some fun. Hopefully you have fun right along with us. So let's not waste any more time. Let's dig in. I am JB. And I am just a little bit disappointed, JB, at the U.S. Men's National Team's performance from yesterday. Me too. Me too. It was hard finding the – didn't necessarily have the same energy there with the Open, you know, really because of that. Still sitting with it. Of course, I am as well. But how you doing? Other than that, how are you? Yeah, I'm a little bit under the weather, but we're going to get through it. We're going to – we're going to push through, and uh, we're going to have a fun time today. And, As uh, always. Before we get to the World Cup and the U.S. and all of that, which I feel like we could spend the whole show on, um, we've got a segment that we do every couple of weeks. It's called our Top 5 segment. Of course. And uh, we're, we're, we're still in the NFL. NFL season, of course, hot and heavy. And uh, we're moving to the defensive side of the ball. How do you feel about that? Well... My question is, which position, JB? We're going to talk about the top five pass rushers currently playing. Okay, in the yeah. Let's, <laughs> well, the, hmm. not historically speaking. We're talking about here in right. tw- the 2022 NFL season. Who's getting it done? And remember, y'all, sometimes when we talk about pass rush, we bring up sacks. And we kind of forget that there's sure. another 75, 80 some odd plays in the game. And we don't realize that just because a guy had a few sacks, maybe two sacks, which is considered a great game by many standards. How did he affect the game otherwise is the question that's right. always in my mind. And that's going to decide for me how great of a defensive end he actually is, how great of a rusher he Absolutely. actually is. Is he getting double teamed? Is he... Right, causing the offense to really change their scheme in terms of play calling specifically yep. based off his rush. And I think yeah. all these guys on both of our lists will answer those questions, JB. I'm sure. I'm interested to see who you've got and where you went with it. And uh, for me, it's all about being game wreckers. Yes, you know, it, it's, it's easy to say, oh, you got these sacks, so you're the best. But, you know, there's so much other things as you mentioned that goes into it and are you a guy that is constantly double teamed and the play you're not double teamed you're hitting the quarterback or is it you know hey I'm just getting a sack because every so often I I get lucky going up against a guy that's not as good you know uh, pass deflections are a big deal Mm -hmm. there's all kind of things you can look at so that being said would you like to kick it off this week yeah I'll kick it off JB and you know how I like to do this one I give five not in any particular order, and it just is what it is. In my head, I have a list of who's kind of a little bit higher or lower on the list, but I don't like to do it like that. Why, you okay. ask? And the answer is simple, because the book is not closed. The story is not ended on any of these guys. They're still playing. So they can move up and down a list week by week, game by game. Yeah, I say, right? even in the season. Yep. Even during the right. course of that season. So I don't like to rank them from that standpoint if they're still playing. So, the five guys on my list, two of them are brothers, and I think you know who they are. Ooh, yeah. Nick and Joey Bosa, T. 
TJ Watt, Von Miller, and Miles Garrett. I'm going to do a little differently, but let's go back Ooh. individually. So okay. when Nick and Joey Bosa, obviously, Joey's the older brother. Nick Bosa, young man, 11 and a half sacks this season, 33 tackles, 2019 Rookie of the Year. And he's made two – man, the dude made the Pro Bowl his rookie year in the NFL, JB. Incredible yep. stuff. His brother, six seasons, 58 sacks, forced 12 fumbles, and obviously he's been injured most of this season. But I think one thing most people don't know about them is that they came from greatness. Their dad, he didn't play a long time in the NFL, but he had a three-year NFL career from 1987 to 1989. Nick and Joey Bosa. We're talking about dudes like the unique, I I knew that. The unique factor that really pops into my mind immediately about both of them is that you never know what move either of those guys are going to make coming off that edge on a third down they have such a variety of moves they'll bull rush you they'll hit you with a spin they'll hit you with the in and out defensive line stunts by their coordinators they're versatile guys and add that to their athleticism and um mental capacity the smarts that they have on the field and it just makes them incredible and that really everybody on this list um tj watt next obviously you really don't have to say a lot about tj watt uh he was the 2021 nfl defense player of the year last season 22 and a half sacks we talking about oh my goodness menace on every play man you know game wrecker i mean legit game wrecker 72 sacks in five seasons and i think when you go back to our initial statement about defensive ends or pass rushers and how they affect the game fully, this man, 80 tackles for loss in those seasons. So he's getting in the backfield and making plays all over the place, even when it's not getting sacks. As you know, some guys on the list, they tackles for loss numbers are extremely low or just, you know, guys who we even consider to be top notch edge rushers. But this guy has 80 tackles for loss. Von Miller obviously didn't play in 2020. So in this, his 11th full season, right? 11 full seasons. Obviously, Denver, he had the one year for the Rams, I believe. And now he's in Buffalo. 123 and a half sacks. Don't forget now, Super Bowl MVP. And when you're a Super Bowl MVP, <laughs> no, nobody can take away your legendary status, man. Nobody. Um, NFL Defensive Rookie of the Year, eight-time Pro Bowler, three-time first-team All-Pro. Von Miller, you know, obviously, and the final player I'm going to talk about on my list, both of them are edge rushers who, at times on the field, when you look at their size, weight combination, and how fast they are, they're sometimes the fastest guy on the field. Mm. Von Miller and Miles Garrett, sometimes the fastest guy on the field. Let's talk about Miles a little bit. 26 years old, out of Texas A&M, 270 pounds, man. This is a 6'4", 200, yes, I did say 270, y'all. And like I said, four or five guys, some people, yeah, maybe four or six, but listen, I'm giving both of them four or five. 68 and a half sacks in six seasons, two-time first-team All-Pro, three-time Pro Bowler. So um, these guys um, have been recognized for their greatness. Obviously, Miles Garrett and other guys on the list haven't had as much playoff success 
as a team or been in the league as long as Von Miller. But I, I had to, Von Miller's just one of those guys. He's going to be on my list probably until he's not in the NFL anymore just because of what he can do. Hmm. Um, although there are some younger guys in the NFL who probably stat-wise look better than him these days. I get it. I understand. But I had to put Von I couldn't take Von Miller off the list. Not just yet. Nick Bosa, Joey Bosa, TJ Watt, Von Miller, Miles Garrett, JB. What you yeah, got? That, that's what made it so tough for me is uh... – Easily could have done a top ten here. Oh yeah, no doubt about it. No I think doubt about it. There is such a, a wide range of guys, and um, you know, so many of these guys are game changers. Yeah. I had three of the same. Okay. Um, I had two different ones. T.J. Watt, you know, and realistically, he was probably the one that was toughest for me to put on, just because currently this year he hasn't. I mean, he's been injured. Yeah. Right. Exactly. But we all know if we're talking about using our eyes and. You see the difference of that defense when he's on and off the field. He's still probably the best defensive player in the league. I mean, arguably, uh, the the difference that he makes for his team um, because he doesn't just like you mentioned the the tackles for loss, also the interceptions. I think he's already got two picks this year and he's only played in four games. So just his ability to make big plays and make plays when they matter um, can't keep him off the list. Nick Bosa. Just to add on to what you said about him, uh, he plays for the number one scoring and yards per game defense, and he's that best player on that defense. So, obviously, you got to have him on there. He's number one in the league in QB hits with 30. He's just an annihilator. Um, really, really tough to block. And, of course, uh, Miles Garrett, because every time he plays the Bengals, he literally is the best player on the field. And it's not just when he plays the Bengals. More often than not, when he plays, when he steps on the field, he is the best player. Um, typically, you think of the quarterback being that. In Miles Garrett's case, he is the best. Uh, right. A couple of the other guys I don't have on there easily could have swapped these out. And I'll give you some reasoning why I have who I have. Uh, I have Micah Parsons on the list. Um, I know he's young. It's only his second season, but he plays on a top five defense. And I don't think it's questionable that he's the best player on that defense. Uh, he's a freak with speed all over the place. He's always in the backfield. If he's not double teamed, he's in the backfield. And um, I believe he's second in the league in sacks. So obviously the stats back that up there. 21 QB hits. Um, and I, I just, you know, he's one that I feel like is on a trajectory to just continue to get better. Yeah. Uh, scary, scary player. And the other guy that I kind of snuck on here, um, more than anything, just because of the effort when I see him play. Uh, you could certainly, you know, put Vaughn or Joey over him, but I have Max Crosby on the list. He does play for a team that isn't very good, so he also gets overlooked there. But when I was going through and looking at some of the numbers, and when I watch him play, this guy's motor, he never stops, ever. He has, as a defensive end, he has 67 tackles. Goodness gracious. It's like not even close. Yeah. Uh, with when you look at the total tackles for uh, other defensive ends, 22 QB hits, 10 and a half sacks, and he's playing on a team where easily he could just throw his hands up in the air. But no, this guy is just, I think it's because of his gratefulness from where he comes from, if you know his story. Mm -hmm. um, so he's a guy that for me is easy to root for. And that just really stuck out to me that the, the effort that he has, uh, certainly a guy went on my team, but obviously... 
uh, can't argue with the guys you went with either. I think it's uh, again easily. You know, we didn't. Neither of us even talked about Matt Judon, right. who's actually leading the league in sacks. But you know, obviously the scheme there I think helps him out. Not taking away anything from him, but um, yeah, man, this was a tough one. But I, I think uh, can't argue either you way. Can. Um, it's a position where there's so many good players, great players in the NFL. So um, I'm glad you actually had a couple that I didn't have on the list because I was like, mm-hmm. okay, we're, we're going to leave some guys out. And we still did, uh, but course. we, left, we yeah. left less players out that we actually discussed in our podcast in ONJB Sports Pedigree by both of yes, us sir. having our own, um, you know, subjective opinions about the situation. Yes, sir. That being said, JB. Yep. Let's move it along. Is it time a to talk bit. about it? It's time to talk about it. <laughs> JB, let me start it off by saying uh, this. Go ahead. We played our flattest match in our fourth game. Obviously, the fourth game is the round of 16 after the three group stage matches. JB, we were not as locked in defensively as we needed to be. Tyler Adams and Jedi Robinson, two guys who you wouldn't expect to make huge mistakes, both both had crucial, crucial defensive non-markings in the box that led to goals. Um, Defensive communication in general just needed to be more top-notch and we just just made too many mistakes jb i got a question for you yes was the greg burhalter scheme against the dutch adequate um i would say that uh i mean starting off sure you, you know i think the game plan coming out but i don't think he adjusted quickly enough um i also question the starting of ferrera i know Haji didn't necessarily impress when he came on against Iran. Um, but I think we had seen what you're going to get from Jesus Ferreira, you know, leading up to the World Cup. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, he doesn't have size that's really going to prevent a problem. And we saw in this game when he did get touches, he didn't do anything with yeah. it. Um, I think, you know, Gio Reyna is somebody that had you started him could have made a difference there. Um, but... I don't want to go too far into that game. Uh, I'll let you kind of continue your thoughts before I kind of share mine. But yeah, I, I think I think it was all right coming out. I probably would have stuck with Carter Vickers too, just based on mm-hmm. how he yeah. played. Um, but I, I I don't think he made adjustments quickly enough, and I think that's kind of par for the course at this point with him. Yeah, we'll we'll put it like that, and you know, uh, you know. It, What's been said is said. I mean, you pretty much laid it mm-hmm. out there. Um, we we gave a lot in that final match against Iran in the group stages just to be able to yeah, qualify for the round that, of 16. Sure. You know, so what did we actually have left in the tank? And I know that's not an excuse. We don't want to make excuses. We just want to be realistic about the situation, um, given the four days Absolutely. rest and, and just how physical that last match was. But also... You know, you got the right game plan, and you can overcome a lot. But um, outside mm-hmm. of the U.S., though, JB, and and, I'm, and I'll let you get back. Go ahead and get back to the to U.S. men's okay. national team. Go ahead. Yeah, we'll move it I'll, I'll try to keep it on the positive side for us. You know, and I know we've had so much discussion, and as I said, we could we could have a whole show um, diving into all of this stuff. But uh, you know, you think about it this way. In the group match, going back to that, because we haven't really touched, you know, we haven't spoken um, on air since we that game. Uh, the Iran game, I mean, an amazing goal, obviously. Serginio Des with a great pass. Uh, while he does 
have opportunities defensively, liability, and sometimes he does give the ball away. He certainly shows flashes. Uh, that was one of them. Of course. Um, I love the uh, the I love the move of you know switching it up and playing Carter Vickers. I thought that was a gutsy move. Um, and what I didn't like about that game is how we folded up shops so early. Yeah. Uh huh. You know, just just inviting pressure, and I think that really wore our guys down. You know, if we had taken the mentality to continue to try to force it, the attack, even up until the late 80s, you know, you get to the 90th minute, okay, you know what I mean? Like, let's, if we don't get a second goal by then, let's shut it up, shut up shop. But, I mean, it was way too early for me. I think it really put a lot of pressure on them. And, again, the inexperience, the youth, I think that also played a part. How much was Christian Pulisic's injury a part? Of yes, this. sir. Um, yes, sir. That me, is a big question. He didn't That's look. A big question. He, you know, I know he gutted it out. Of course, we want him out there. He didn't look at his best. Uh, if he puts that goal away at the early stages of the Netherlands game, it's a different game. Uh, the Netherlands probably doesn't change their game plan right away, but it gives us a cushion. It 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 eases our minds. It takes pressure off of our team and relaxes them. Um, to your point about the defense, it was just poor. Uh, you know. What, Nether- what the Netherlands did to us is pretty much what we did to England except for they actually scored when they had their chances, mm. whereas when we played England, we didn't. Um, and they- that's the difference when you have world-class finishers like Memphis. Um, that That's a big difference. So in kind of looking ahead for us, and I, I just want to say this about the- that game too. Um, if we'd have gone into the half down 1-0, I think it's a different game too. Giving up that goal, <clears throat> conceding so close to halftime, it's so demoralizing. Yep. It's like in any sport, you know, in football, if you give up a touchdown going into halftime, it just changes the complexion of the entire sure game. Does. Um, so, you know, we we could have got that game tying goal, and then guess what? It's back to 0 0 essentially. But no, we had to get two, and just the effort that we have to put out there to chase the game, it's just too much. So, there's a lot that went into it, but I want to say moving forward, uh, I think 2026, and actually I'll, uh, I was posed this question actually by one of our listeners that I wanted to, uh, I was kind of going to touch on anyway, but he asked, as U.S. soccer fans, and I'll pose this to you actually, as U.S. soccer fans, should we accept that we're good enough to get out of a group consistently and maybe win, win a round of 16 game every four or five World Cups? What do you think? Uh, I don't think anybody's accepting that with this group. So um, maybe that Agreed. was accepted in Agreed. the past. And that's, I don't, I, you're I, right. I don't know and where that I, came I, from. But do you look at this group um, and you look at Alexi Lalas and the guys just in the studios that, you know, I kind of share some of their viewpoints, but they all generally um, really, truly felt like we could win this World Cup. And I did, too. So I'm, mm-hmm. I don't really know how to answer that question. Yeah, no, you're right on. I, I don't think that we can accept it. I think. Um, for people that are casual fans that only follow it, you know, during the World Cup, there's a lot to be excited about still. We have to get ourselves to where we're confident with the center back duo. We have to have at least, you know, look at the Netherlands, Virgil van Dijk. That dude's a stud. He basically can play, take the place of our two center backs. You know what I mean? Um, just having a solid defender in the middle like that, such a big difference. It's like the backbone of your team. And a world-class finisher up top. just Or even somebody that is able to hold up play 
and get everybody else involved. Um, those are the two positions. We've got, you know, four years now till the World Cup is here in America. And if we can find, fill those two holes, there's no doubt in my mind we have an opportunity to, to win it. Yep. Like we really, our team is young enough. Uh, all these guys by that World Cup will have four more years of club play at top level, gaining more experience. They'll be in their mid to late 20s. And there's no reason that we shouldn't expect to challenge uh, for the title next time around. Yep. So no I do also want to say, uh, you know, bye-bye Germany and Belgium. At least we made it to the round of 16 this time. They didn't. So Yeah, took them L's. Uruguay did too. So did Denmark and Mexico. Oh, uh, one, yeah. One, one oh, last, yeah. One last tidbit. Um, we definitely got the defense. You know, that our defense was serviceable in the world cup but like you said it was. we didn't oh, have yeah. a guy like van yeah. dyke but Concacaf as a whole costa rica mexico canada and the u.s had 10 goals in 13 world cup matches england had nine in two matches there you go wow gotta get some more offense and you know what we did have we were the only team out of 32 that didn't allow a goal during open play in uh, in the group play. So that's a pretty amazing stat as much as I, you know, harp on our defense not being great. That's a good point. You know, we we played solid back there when we had to. Yeah, but it was, um, yeah, our defense was great despite our center backs, though. I, mean, I, I would yeah, agree. Everybody Definitely. else on our team was very good, but our center backs, well, they didn't do I mean, um, <clears throat> you know, looking at it now, I think for me it's, uh, you know, just seeing the way France plays, they're, they're looking great. Obviously, Brazil, um, may kind of my heart's kind of pulling for Messi a little bit uh, might be his kind of tournament to lose but uh you know we'll see you got Netherlands Argentina sets up to be a good match and then uh you know it's going to get down to where we have some really world class players playing in these uh, last yeah, games yeah no doubt US still some underdogs me, out there too yeah, for me USA's out of room for the underdogs I mean I don't I don't want Messi. Or yeah, for win. sure. Honestly, I, I like Cristiano <laughs> Ronaldo, but I'm not rooting for Portugal. If you can understand that, oh no, yeah, that's how yeah. it is for me. So um, I feel you. Yeah, we'll be back 2026. Um, let's move on, yes, OJB. Sir. Personal segment. It's a short one for mm -hmm. me today. Um, I'm grateful, right. really grateful right now for. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> I'm grateful, Go JB, ahead. for the Go spiritual ahead. push that I got to move back to the states. Uh, through prayer, faith, and works to pursue my passion and more importantly, my purpose. Being able to coach at a college level, it's been a desire and dream ever since I became a coach back in 2013. Late 2013 is when I first started coaching high school athletics. Um, Lord kept me on his path and just needed me to get up and go. And was I stagnant in Alaska? Not at all. But it was also apparent that I needed a new setting with a different mindset to be able to fully achieve my goals. I, I had outgrown my location from a personal growth standpoint. And I know that God's not finished with me. So um, I'm grateful for the spiritual push and I'm glad to be where I am right now and uh, whatever the Lord has for me moving forward. That's well said, bro. Well said. And, you know, I said that at the beginning because I didn't actually have anything for my personal segment until this morning. And actually I was kind of praying about what to uh, talk about today and god put it on my heart to talk about the fact that i'm grateful stop playing <laughs> i legitimately it's i mean i'll send you the photo that's of it. excellent what you so got, JB? of course for family 
um, for financial stability, the ability for us to do this show. You know, I'm grateful. We I always talk about when I make our posts that we're blessed. I say it on here, and uh, I don't never really go too far into it why but you know family I mean I get to watch my kids play sports and play um, music it's a different level you know when you're able to do that with your kids and to keep it sports related you know I'm grateful that we had the opportunity to see our team play in a world cup um, that we get to watch it I'm, I'm grateful that my Cincinnati Bengals are actually you know, having another decent year that we're playoff contenders for Chelsea Football Club, that they're year after year, they're good. Uh, grateful for Luke Fickle in the time he was uh, with the Bearcats. Sad to see him go. Um, grateful for, I think, Wes Miller having the, the basketball team heading in the right direction. And, um, you know, I just think about the, the fact, number one, there's so many people out there that don't have an understanding or, or don't have the joy um, with sports then they just don't get it and uh, so I'm grateful that I do and that I understand the the meaning and the importance it has for me and so many people and then there's people out there too that I mean they may they may love it but they don't get a chance to play or they don't get it they don't have the ability to watch their teams or um, take part in rooting and cheering so I'm just grateful for all of that um, the Reds I was gonna say the Reds. But oh I'm Lord! Not oh man! For, I don't know. How yeah, we're we're, we're, we're grateful that they uh, that they have a franchise. I guess. Uh, yeah, there we go. There yeah. we go. So no, but all, all jokes aside, though, being grateful in life is is what it's really all about. Because if you if you're not grateful, um, you're gonna be unpleasable, right? Like <laughs> you're always gonna want more. You're yep. always gonna want something that you want but don't need, or that's worldly. That you know you're you really Absolutely. don't need. You know, once again, but got to be grateful, you know, and um, good stuff, JB. I'm glad we kind of share that same mindset. That's crazy, Question is, do we honest. share the same mindset about the BCS and the decisions mm. that they've made and the expansion? You know, before we talk about yeah. the choke jobs of teams like USC and TCU to an extent, <laughs> right? JB, I'm going to talk a little bit about playoff expansion. Ohio State. Right? The college football playoff expansion was initially going to happen in 2026 jb but now it's going to occur in 2024 that is not long from now 12 teams jb six conference champions ranked highest by the selection committee and the sixth highest ranked teams not included in that initial top six it'll be decided once again by a committee and the four Mm. highest ranked conference champs will be seeded one through four and get a first round bye now the other eight teams play in the first round, seeded 5 versus 12, 4 versus 13, 10 versus 7, 9 versus 8, with these games being played at the higher seeds home field. Then the next week in the quarterfinal round, it'll be played in the place of, I think, New Year's Six Bowl games like the Rose Bowl, mm-hmm. Peach Bowl, and whatnot. The semifinals as well will be in the place of bowl games. Now, it gets weird as it always seems to with the BCS and NCAA JB. Here's the weird part, man. In the quarterfinals, the opponents from the first round winners will be assigned by the selection committee based on the bracket. And when I read that, I thought to myself, okay, mm. so it's not based on seeding. It's not like if the 12 seed beats the five, they automatically play the one because they're the lowest remaining seed. No, it's just mm-hmm. they're assigned by the selection committee. I no idea why. 
that being said, yeah, Jamie, what, is, what does that mean? That's weird. I, well, it, it shouldn't be surprising. We, we've dealt with it with them for years. But JB, how did this year's recently released brackets turn out? Like, let's get let's get back to the to the present right now. How did it turn out, JB? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not surprised. Uh, as you mentioned, it looked. You know, I, I think I said uh, to you the other day that it seems like nobody really wants to win. And to your point, it's very, very difficult to, to go undefeated. Only two teams ended up doing that. But based on how it all shook out, I mean, you know, I think they got it right. You know, how can you realistically take uh, a two or three loss team over um, one loss teams from power conferences, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, you know, so on the outside looking in, you've got USC, Alabama, Tennessee, Penn State, Clemson, all with two losses. Um, and I think uh, I think we're going to see uh, how how it shakes out with Ohio State basically playing a road game in uh, Georgia and TCU going to Michigan. I don't know, not going to Michigan, but playing Michigan. I'm not sh- real sure how much of a shot they have in that game, um, but maybe you can speak to that a little more. It's college football. Everybody got a shot. I mean, I've watched the two undefeateds this year almost lose, both of them. I watched, I've seen some of Georgia versus Missouri earlier in the season. Georgia kind of got shell-shocked in that game and almost lost to a not very good team. I saw Michigan against Illinois. All these teams, none of these teams are unbeatable, none of them, in college football. You know, um, in terms of Ohio State, oh, my goodness. Boy, did they love that Utah win over USC. Oh, for sure. <laughs> that obviously got them into the playoffs. USC would have definitely got that fourth spot, maybe even moved up to number three with the TCU yep. loss. Um, but they lost to Utah for the second time this season. And um, it got the Big Ten two teams in to the college football playoffs. And I'm going to be honest with you, I would love to see an Ohio State-Michigan rematch. Um, oh, that'd be nice. It would be incredible. And um, I think it could happen. Like I said, college football is a very interesting sport. When you get into these playoff games, um, we, in the past, we've talked about generally the teams with better players win. But when you look at all four of these teams, well, at least three of the four, you're talking about five-star recruit after five-star recruit. TCU, not as much. But with Georgia, Ohio State, and Michigan, you got top-notch players all over the field. And um, listen, you got dudes who can strike out and get long touchdowns, make incredible plays on all these teams. Yep. So it wouldn't be – I would not be surprised it. Any of the three, Georgia, Ohio State, or Michigan, being the national champion. Only team I'd be surprised if they won is TCU. Yep, I I could agree with that for sure. And, you know, the other interesting part about the way the playoff works is what what is the date it's released is, uh, you know, the 4th. We don't play these games until the 31st. Ah, good point. So that's a a long time for players that are injured to get healthy. Uh, for schemes to be put in place, for film study, like, you know, who's going to put in the work over the next three weeks? That's right. Because that's where it's going to be won, ultimately. Yeah, I think about a team like Ohio State. Does Jackson Smith and Jigba get back? Because that dude's a was, was a Heisman contender coming into the season. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so those are the type of things that really can change <laughs> over the next few weeks. And really, you don't know. But, um yeah, I would agree with you. I think TCU would certainly be the surprise. Any of the other three, uh, I could see happening. And so, I think, you know, I think they had uh, – the committee got lucky this year, I think, because they didn't re- – I mean, it was pretty easy for them to make these decisions. Honestly, um, it, it was. And, and honestly, if, I, if I'm Michigan right now, 
I want to play Georgia. I wouldn't want that rematch against Ohio State. And I know Michigan fans, if, if some of y'all are listening to this podcast, oh, we destroyed <laughs> them once, we beat them last year, we'll do it again. Those of y'all that play football like me, y'all know. Y'all know how hard it is beating a team that second time during that same season after you molly walked them yeah. that first time. You know how tough it is to get up for that game. So if I'm Michigan, I want to play Georgia in the championship. But obviously they got to get by TCU first. Nothing, Not taking anything away from them because they they good enough to pull an upset. Um, but if I'm Michigan, I'm, I'm not trying to see Ohio State again. That's just me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me neither. I, I, I wouldn't either. And you know, you know what I am trying to see, though, is uh, some sports dichotomy. Man, That's what I'm trying to see. One of the greatest segments in sports podcast radio. Uh, history, ever. Radio history. Spotify history. <laughs> <laughs> All of them. In Sports Dichotomy, we ask each other yes or no questions about any subject matter in sports and y'all better not steal our stuff i'm waiting to see sports dichotomy on somebody oh, I know, else's right? podcast you want to see on espn or Boy, something like oh that my goodness, oh my because, goodness because yeah y'all will trademark. know where it started off trademark. at jb i got about yes, 11 or 12 of these i'm gonna kick yep, it off yep. talking about right. one of your favorite teams and it's probably something you're gonna be sad about my first question for jb is oh man luke okay. fickle will mirror the success at wisconsin that he had at cincinnati wouldn't wouldn't be surprised i'd say yeah okay tyrese halliburton will be an all-star this definitely. year definitely yeah Indiana he's incredible Pacers. he's dominating assists the usc qb caleb williams had uh f-u-c-k utah on his fingernails this will hurt his draft <laughs> stock uh <laughs> like like it hurt him like it that. hurt him in the second half of the game uh, the other day no, I don't think so. Second time Utah. Yeah, he must really hate wow. Utah now. They beat him twice he this must. season. Oh, my goodness. Purdue basketball will win the Big Ten title this year and be at least a two seed come tournament time. And it's too early. I'm, I'm going to say no. It's too early. All right. Chris Richards should have been starting as a center back during the World Cup. Yeah, definitely. He was in hindsight. Yeah, 2020 exactly. right now. Um, OBJ will make an impact for a playoff team in the NFL this year. Mm, I don't think so. Okay. Lionel Messi is having a better World Cup than Cristiano Ronaldo. Yeah, I'd say so far. Okay. No wishes he had played soccer as a kid. Of course, no doubt about it, man. No doubt about it. With all the Luka Doncic love, JB knew that Dallas is in 10th place in the Western Conference. Yeah, I did. I did. <laughs> <laughs> Well-respected and admired Pro Bowl defensive back Patrick Peterson recently said that Kyler Murray only cares about Kyler Murray. Are you buying this? Absolutely. I've been noticing <laughs> that for years. The biggest round of 16 surprise in the World Cup is Morocco. Uh, No. I don't think so. Okay. Um, uh, who is it, by the way? Um, probably Australia. Okay. Uh, Inno, if Inno had or did play soccer, he would play center back and is probably a more viable option than anyone currently at that position on the U.S. team. 100%. <laughs> absolutely, yes. Of course. After Indiana basketball beat the Tar Heels, they lost to Rutgers. Mm. They're overrated. Yeah, probably. 
I think everybody's probably overrated right I know, now. Right? Yeah. Uh, well, Rutgers beat them by 15. Goodness gracious. <clears throat> uh, the Cincinnati Bengals road win against Tennessee without the likes of Jamar Chase, Joe Mixon, and Awuzie will be a defining victory for them and spur them on to the playoffs. Yes, it should have been a defining victory for the Colts to come out and win a game <laughs> against. Never, anyways. Alrighty, Kyle Farmer was named Reds 2022 MVP. Wow! So it makes sense that he now plays for the Twins. <laughs> no, not at all. Hey. No, no. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Lionel Messi will finally get his World Cup win. No, I can't see myself ever wishing well for Argentina with how they whine. Oh, that's true. Anyways, the NFC East will represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. I, I think that's likely. I'll say yes. You know if the season ended right now, all four of their teams would be in the yeah, playoffs? it's silly. It's crazy. It's because the South is trash. That's part of the reason, but yeah. Exactly. Um, currently, the Boston Celtics are in first place in the East, and the Detroit Pistons are in last. Both are accurate depictions of those teams. Uh, no. Okay. Patrick Mahomes has the most passing yards and TDs this season, which proves that Tyreek Hill was expendable. Yeah, I think it does. Mm -hmm. The United States men's national team is a striker and defender away from being serious contenders in 2026. Honestly, like, I, I'm going to say, I mean, I'll say yes, but... I don't even think they needed that to be a contender mm. in this one. I just think mm. it was a little bit of coaching, but, right. you know, it is what it is. Yep. The NFC South division winner will have a losing record. Yeah, I think that's going to happen. I think so. So <laughs> silly. Uh, Caleb Williams, quarterback of USC that you previously mentioned, would look good in an Indianapolis Colts uniform. Yeah, but I, I, I don't need him putting putting F U C K anybody right. on his fingernails. Like he needs to leave that in college. Leave, I know you're a young I know you're a young man. You're twenty years old. Leave that in college, young man. Alrighty. Um that was my last one, JB. You got any more? I got one. Uh one more. Okay. JB is still in a state of depression after the World Cup exit by the US team. Of course you are, yeah. because I am too. Yeah. What? Sad. <sighs> I, I found I found myself after the match like I gotta wait four more years. I know that's crazy because <laughs> I mean yeah for us and I'm you know I don't know how many folks that are listening to us are that have the same level of passion for it but exactly I mean exactly you don't find us typically like I don't get up at five or even eight in the morning to watch you know we've been talking about the world and, cup yeah. since march of 2022 let me well, you actually know, really last they, year honestly really last when year the qualifiers start up do they is it like yeah. two years out that they do that or and, and we and we've been talking about it since then is that when they start back <laughs> up like 2024 um i i think i don't know actually out. we'll have to look that up yeah we'll look that up and we'll and we'll chat about that um um mm -hmm. on an upcoming episode but um nice sports dichotomy yeah. segment there and um we'll go in the show I'm going to ask JB a, a question that he has to justify. JB. Justification. Okay. I'm going to skip the personal question for today. We're going to ask JB a question that he has to justify. Okay. And then I'm going to do a name the athlete. And we're going to kind of close the door on the U.S. men's national team right here, JB, okay. in the 2022 World Cup with this question. Okay. All right. 
JB is going to justify why or why not the U.S. using the false nine or not using the false nine, my mistake, the U.S. not using the false nine ultimately was their demise and held them back for reaching their potential. JB, mm. before your minute starts, just remember, we scored three goals in four matches. Mm. Yep. JB, there's a minute on the clock, and you can start now. Probably need more than a minute, but yeah, uh, I'll say <laughs> for the sake of this argument, I'll say that it was because I don't think we had the guy um, that we need. And I think that based on all the evidence that we'd seen throughout qualifying and even the first few games, that there was no reason that we shouldn't have attempted it to, you know, especially if we knew the game was going to go how it was, where we had dominated possession, they were man marking in the midfield which meant mm -hmm. we couldn't go through the middle of the field. We had to go around right. the edges. Having a guy like Aronson or Reyna in the center up front, it would allow him, Pulisic, and Wea to essentially just trade place and go back and forth and create space opportunities. Um, mm. Ferreira isn't the option. It, it would have been better to play Haji because at least he's tall. You know, Ferreira's not a guy that you can play a ball over the top to that's going to hold it up. So <clears throat> playing a guy... 10 seconds with just quickness seconds. speed like that and then additionally as previously mentioned you can you can basically defend from the front you know you have a guy with energy yeah, like Aronson up there he is pestering the heck out of Virgil van Dyke like all game yeah um absolutely. and just keeping them on their toes and I think it could have made a no difference doubt. for us even if we had yeah. flipped it you know later in the game so Question is, could Brendan Aronson win those long balls against a Virgil van Dyke? Um, is he able to win those? I mean, those? speed, I don't know. Virgil van Dyke is fast as well. Yeah, that but, physicality on those yeah. long kicks because the ball's going to be in the air. Mm -hmm. Can he win that? You know, But but I, I I do agree with you. If he does win one or two, Virgil van Dyke is not staying with him. No. You know, so that's the that's the matchups that you get in soccer um, that it's kind of comparable to like a football or basketball. That, that front nine position and i've learned more during this world cup in these last few months from you just about that position and the importance of having somebody in that spot playing against those center backs who are more big bigger mm -hmm. physical players mm -hmm. and having that um you know that matchup right there so i appreciate well, that I, i've learned a lot jb yeah man i appreciate you saying that i mean and you look at the difference like look at france right they've got a guy like olivier Giroud. he's not super fast he's big but when mm. he gets a chance he puts it away as well. And typically you'll see him, he wins the ball. Even if he's not scoring, he is getting possession of the ball and then kicking it out wide um, mm -hmm. or drawing his teammates in. And that's that's really what you need from a, a typical you know nine striker like that. Right, right. And just to end the show, a little tidbit. So I looked up 2026. Did you know there's going to be 48 teams in the next World Cup? Yes. How did Listen, I miss that? I, I, oh my I, gosh! Well, I, well, the, yeah, they they upped it from thirty-two to forty-eight. I'm guessing it's gonna be all the way through Group uh, Double Z. That's crazy. And, uh, <laughs> which means the U, which means the USA's chances of not making it are probably uh, non-existent now because Concacaf uh, is teams. probably getting four, nope, four or five teams in six. So uh, what? Concacaf gets six teams: North America, Central America, and the Caribbean. So we had four in, right? Or did we have five? Well, we actually had three, and then remember right. that fourth spot that Costa Rica yep. got was like from a playoff. So we're going to get so six. Yeah, it, 
So there, I mean, so, yeah, we're gonna we, we can we we'll get in we'll get in in our sleep uh, with this with this absolutely. roster and um. But the, yeah. the the key will be how are we playing? What's our health like? And have we solved exactly. our solved our uh, problems heading into it? Anyway, we'll figure out yeah, the schedule because I'm so, certainly will. excited about that. But uh, yeah. Another good show. All right, Great JB. show. Um, well, we got named the athlete. Oh, real quick to end my bad. Out. My bad. You know what I'm saying? All righty, JB. 5'10 athlete. Who's 23 years old? He went to a private Catholic school growing up. I looked that up. I don't hmm. know what that has to do with anything, but I just looked that okay. up. Okay. Okay. He made his senior debut at age 18. I think I know who it is after the his 23 year old part. <laughs> already, he already has scored in a World Cup final, born in Paris, mm-hmm. France, and has scored an updated, I think, 34 goals for his national team already. JB, yeah. who am I talking about? And he's about? got five in this World Cup and will probably win the Whoa, Golden that means boot. he has like 36 yeah, total Yeah, he scored goals two today. today. Killing Mbappe, um, quickly turning into the most dangerous and uh, potentially best player in the world. So... I'd say you mean to tell me France is doing this in the World Cup and they're missing key players. Yeah, they're missing the guy that won player in the world last year. Um, you know, Kareem Benzema. They're missing arguably the best midfielder in the world, uh, Ngolo Kante. You know, he's getting a little bit older, so maybe not, but he's definitely in that conversation. Um, yeah, so just missing those two guys right there is a huge deal. But when you've got guys like Mbappe, uh, you know, it's like Portugal. They've got, they still got Ronaldo playing. Argentina still got Messi. Uh, now Brazil. You know, the question is, may, is Neymar going to be back, and and how healthy will he be? Because as talented as these teams are, you, you know, that's a that's a difference maker when you have a world like one of these top five, ten players in the world can make the difference any given day. Because all they need is a glimpse of goal. Of course, of course. That's a good That's one, though. Excellent. Yes, sir. It is good stuff, JB. Sorry to... And, um, I expect Christian Pulisic to kind of move into those ranks for the next World Cup. And oh, let's man, end it I out with so. that. 2026 yes, World Cup, U.S. Men's National Team will be the champs. There you go. And um, Early predictions. Run that back. Episode 59. You heard it here first. Excellent show today. Excellent. Heard it here first. <laughs> good stuff, JB. Well, Now we can move on from the World Cup a little bit. Yeah. We kind of had our, I guess this would be called our, venti- our World Cup venting show. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. We had to do it, so yeah, had to. We uh, um, we had to get that off our chest. So we we'll, we appreciate it. We um, you know, we're like as we both mentioned, we're grateful, and uh, I'm glad we got to do what. Glad we got to watch, and um, that we did what we did. Certainly wish we'd gotten farther. Expected us to get farther, but that's all right. Next time around, and um, yes, sir. Hey, don't forget to hit us up on uh, Instagram. Email us. Um, like and subscribe on TikTok, all that fun stuff, and uh, keep sharing. We we really appreciate y'all. Talk to y'all later. Let's go. Sports pedigree on deck. Who's batting? In no NJB is what's happening. Coverage of the NBA, present and past. You probably want to listen to facts. We never mask. Alas, we don't hold back. Articulating them sneaky, important stats and trivia. Shows that the subject matter is well-rounded like a ball is. I see the referee. I'm wondering what the call is. Communicate the pick. I'm going top side. Illuminate that list. Giving you my top five. Acknowledging who's great. Now, your list may have a couple different names, but really, there's no debate. Wait. 
passion, gotta be smooth. On the lookout for sports dichotomy tools. Getting views sounds nice, but the vision is deep. Cause in knowing JB will never put you to sleep. Originality is the key. We pick locks with open up. No nose has been concocted. The segments are personal too. Cause a sports podcast without opinion, surely no value. <laughs> we gotta be great, requesting no favors. World Cup, you wait for tennis majors, NFL trades, and baseball pastime. Consistent on the mic, we don't get no halftime.